started. All right, welcome back to the Pipeline Superheroes podcast. It is Grant Cohen, as always, joined by Keegan Slattery and Anthony Malzahn from Devi in Fargo, North Dakota. Anthony, how are you doing? Oh, wonderful indeed. Just trying to keep warm and keep up the world. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, let me know how that goes. Um, so we wanted to talk about developers today. Anthony, you know a lot about developers. We know less about developers. So let's start with there. Okay. Um, I guess uh, should we uh, just go just go open source? Would you like to have a conversation about what a developer is versus an engineer? How would you like to form yeah. it? Let's start with what a developer is, and you know your your special sauce, your secret sauce on what you're doing with Devi and and APIs and all that good stuff. Awesome. So Devi, from a high level, um, the goal for us with Devi was to take development time that's menial and replace it with uh, meaningful time for engineers. They love using their brains. The last thing they want to do is write the same thing that they've written the last hundred times over and over again. And what we're talking about is API development, the application programming interface. So APIs, you guys might be aware of this, but 83% of all traffic on the internet is conducted via API. So pretty important piece <laughs> of, of all software development. And for context, um, just in case anyone out there listening um, might not understand necessarily what an API is, you've got this database, which is effectively a, a supercharged Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. And you have this interface, these platforms, these software apps that you use on your phones and your tablets and your computer every day. And there are these bridges that safely connect the information from those, from that database, those spreadsheets, if you will, um, to those apps that you use and back and forth. That's why you log in, you interact with the information that you're supposed to have access to. Those bridges take a long time to build. And in most cases, they take half of the time of an entire software app project. So what Debbie did, we said that that's hot garbage because it's menial, it's useless, it's an utter waste of time. Could we create an engine that automatically generates APIs? And the answer is yes. So we've cut down the time for developing APIs from hundreds or thousands of hours per project, per integration, down to a click of a button in less than a second, period. We use GraphQL, which is an updated version of, or a new paradigm of uh, web services. Um, most of folks are familiar with REST um, um, APIs, which you have a single path or a bridge for each thing you want to do to interact with the, um, with the database or the information. GraphQL turns it on its head and says, we have one bridge and you can control the shape and the payload of the services, the data, the queries, and the mutations. And that, that is something that is, came about in 2015, 2016. This is uh, what uh, Facebook created and they open sourced it. And they said, you know what? We think that the rest of the world should use this. And we said, good, we have some things that we need to fix about it. We did. And uh, now we're basically using our own technology to write custom software development. Um, and we've now switched gears and we've packaged this up and we are now allowing other users, software engineering teams around the world to take advantage of and save thousands of hours per project, um, increasing throughput, increasing profit margins and keeping um, overhead uh, relatively low. What I was the question? <laughs> <laughs> How are I, you? <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's I think that's an awesome summary and 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 a, and a cool segue to talk about too, like the audience for this particular type of product. I think a lot of people think B two B SaaS, which is the space we work in, is such like you know the you know business interfaces that you're using on a daily basis, the daily like work tools for knowledge workers all around the globe. <clears throat> 
but you guys are you know so specifically focused on saving time for those developers. Can you talk a little bit about like how the like one how the initial reception was like once you started showing developers this, and then two some of the differences in like working with just a developer as your audience, as opposed to like, you know, marketing to sales teams or to marketing folks or to, you know, CEOs, all that sort of thing. I'm kind of curious uh, what your experience is like working with just the developer community. Uh, it's, it's quite enjoyable because um, even though that uh, the, the attribute often given to engineers is the, uh, the introvert that doesn't talk, that's not true. They like smaller audiences. They like asynchronous communication. I mean, one of the most helpful communities in all industries is software. That's why you have great open source and communities and discord channels and Slack and you have the reddits and the stack overflows. You have all of these places where engineers are not just willing to, they are compelled to help one another solve the problems and answer the questions. And you better be sure that if you don't answer perfectly, someone's going to correct you because that's the engineer's way. This is the way. And yeah. so uh, it's been really enjoyable because a lot of the questions that they have or a lot of the frustrations that they have, especially with framework and API development, when we share with them, they're in disbelief. And, and then they ask like, well, who else is doing this? And, and I, you know, we do have competitors and that's great. We've got Hashira, we've got Apollo. Um, StepZen actually just got purchased by IBM last week. So that's good news for us as we raise money. And, uh, you know, but there are not a lot of other groups out there. 8Base is another one um, uh, and, the, and Strapi is another one. They're the great products and they're all solving this similar problem. And when they look at our technology and we help them automate this entire piece of their development process and the maintenance, they're like, wow, we can actually enable more features. We now can actually add more things into our roadmap this quarter. Now the engineers are looking like heroes. They go from junior to mid-level, mid-level to senior very quickly because they're now showing increased throughput. Their JIRA ticket pass-through looks pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> the sprints are like, wow, your velocity went up. What happened? <laughs> um, so it's really enjoyable. But the, the, the second half of the question is, we do talk to the C-level suite as well. But mm -hmm. I first, you know, as I asked before we started the recording, I was like, well, what's what's your guys' background? You know, what, what are you guys into? Because I understand that, you know, for most, you're uninitiated. If you're not an engineer, you probably don't care about what our technology is, how the sausage is made. What you care about is, you know, how does it help me move forward faster? So, you know, if you think about integrations of multiple softwares, digital transformation, lifting and shifting, those are those key words. But for most C-level suite, we say we help software engineers write better code faster. And they're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. How much does it cost? 49 bucks a month. Wow, that's really cheap. <laughs> yep, cool. Want to use it? Yes. <laughs> so there you go. So what is your guys kind of, uh, what has your growth been like so far like in terms of your trajectory and things? Like, um, hmm. you don't have any specific numbers, but I'm really curious. Like, it sounds like you were doing your independent developing and then packages this to take this, you know, out to market on its own. Um, yes. What has that growth been like? Like, has it been super organic? Have you guys been doing you know, different strategies to try to get in front of folks? Is it just being really active in Stack Overflow? Like what is the, what have you found has been some of those big growth levers? God, this is a good question. It's almost as if you know exactly um, how this is supposed to work. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, um, the short answer is, uh, well, not the short answer, but the uh, brevity. Uh, we started by solving our own problem as a good engineer usually does. Um, my co-founder and I, we started in precision agriculture and there are a lot of in farming. There was a lot of APIs and they're all proprietary data formats. And we're like, this, this sucks. <laughs> um, how can we genericize this and package it up? How can we automate a process to the point of perfection? And we did. And so we, we built this engine and um, uh, we recognized that we were solving the problem for the agriculture market. We took a step back, 
saw that it was a problem for the entire world market. Um, it was an earth problem. And um, what we first did is we started building a piece of software. Um, you know, you kind of use your own technology, right? Um, in um, the, the uh, we'll call the, uh, the nascent uh, drone industry. Um, so in 2017, 2018, we actually built a multi-sided marketplace for commercial drone pilots to upload, share, stream, and sell their photos and videos and 3D modeling content on a mapping awesome. environment. Think drone base meets stack overflow, uh, not stack overflow, uh, stock photography with the ability to manage the contracting. So you get paid before the content is downloaded, not the other way around. Pandemic hit, we had to kind of turn in, pivot, like another good startup does. And uh, we had to try a new approach. Instead of bootstrapping, proving our technology and generating revenue with a piece of, you know, a piece of software that shows what Debbie can do, uh, we went straight into custom software development. And we built learning management systems, IoT platforms, point of sale inventory management systems. We did these things. And uh, behind the scenes, we're using Debbie along the way. So we generated some cash there. And then we said, it's time. We've got enough validation. We've proven that we've been able to save many thousands of hours, win bids from competitors in the custom software development market. Let's stop working in the industry. Let's work on it. We packaged Debbie up. And that's for the first time we actually uh, did an ad buy. And uh, this was in quarter three of last year. So now we're getting, I'll get you some hard numbers. Don't worry. Um, so we did a $1,760 ad campaign <laughs> over a 60 day period. And uh, uh, this was the kind of like, is this a problem we're solving? We're going to say some words out in the internet and we're going to see how it's responded. We had more than a third of a million impressions within less than 60 days. Uh, we had um, more than 350 early access signups, people who gave information, first name, last name, email address, why they want to use it, size of the company, things like that, active use. Um, we uh, established more than 25 partners in 10 countries, um, like talent pools, software engineering companies. We're talking enterprise B2B research and development companies. And uh, we were able to, uh, um, based on our LTV, we were able to generate nearly a 10X, 981% ROI um, yes. <laughs> and Love that. Uh, um, uh, with a Higgins eyes just became money symbols for anybody. I know, just I know. 62 cents for a click uh, and uh, $9 and 60 cents for a um, conversion, which is about half of the industry average from what I understand. Yeah. So, yeah. What, up, so, so what were you, what platform were you running on? Where'd you spend all this money? Uh, Facebook only. <laughs> only. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I know. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we use HubSpot to like do the tracking campaign. Then we got early access portals. And so everything funnel in, we've got a, business process mapping is kind of like our wheelhouse. And so we're like, well, let's engineer this thing too. <laughs> so It's like so the, we the we Martian. The, we have like report management. So yeah. 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 So how did you, how did you sort of talk about the product in a way that it was able to resonate so much and cut through the clutter on Facebook where there's, you know, there's so many people, but developers are one or sorry, engineers are a very specific community. So how did you sort of like cut through the clutter of all the other people who are trying to advertise to engineers? Oh man. Oh, that's a, it was one of those, there are enough people um, that are like, so Facebook in general is uh, a slightly older audience, right? So there's a bias towards those who are mid-level to senior engineers that are using Facebook because they've got 10 or more years of experience. They're probably in a leadership position. So we knew that those who are in that space, we could target them. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's quite a bit of information that you can pull from, from um, basically the personas and build out those customer personas and those, those snapshots, right? And uh, uh, the beauty of this is that Devi has such a, like, it's almost blank 
on SEO. And so we're able to couple our SEO with um, our um, ad campaign. And we're able to actually get to like the first page in a lot of these um, um, these ad buys and these, these uh, ad campaigns. Uh, mm. um, and when we, uh, when we first started posting messages, we did like a, like, what do you call it? I can't remember the term, like the AB testing. We post like, doesn't, doesn't write an API suck. And like, Oh, a little bit there. Uh, what would it look like if you could skip and go right to, you know, developing your dashboard? And then that was a little bit better. And then we finally landed on a few messages. And so the content that we have on our website directly reflects the success of those um, pre-flight campaigns. And then we built an ad campaign on top of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Okay, I mean, cool. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a director of marketing, I, I spend so much time in Facebook, uh, um, Facebook ads and ads manager. Yeah. And building up those campaigns to me is always fascinating. And it's it's wild how much it comes down to putting really relatable copy and having <laughs> relatable copy and like having it written by somebody who's done the job of the person you're advertising to who can speak in like a really technical, relatable way wow. and knows what the pain points are. And you like call that out in the ad. And that is, yeah. it's, it's it seems so simple and yet nobody does it. <laughs> oh man. And there's so many bad creative is- out there that no one reflects it and has that like industry speak that really feels relatable to someone when they're reading it and they don't just swipe on by. What, what's been, what has been, and I know this is supposed to be about like Debbie and us right now, but, but as a director of marketing, what, what has been the, the kind of the surprising thing to you when you go through a successful campaign, what are some of the things that you see? Um, Cause I've got my answer, but I want to hear what you come up with. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, especially when you're looking at Facebook is making sure you're eliminating waste and you're being really, really specific and you're not, you can leave some to Facebook's algorithms, but you don't want to leave everything to Facebook's algorithms. It's about putting the right boundaries on there and making sure you're getting the right, um, the right demographic graphic controls, holding them into the right space. And then also saying, okay, we're going to also give some money to Facebook's lookalikes. Let them go out and find more folks. Lookalikes. Let let his algorithm go. Sorry. Let Mark's algorithm go after it, you know, see what he can do. Uh, But then also having our own direct lists of folks and kind of blending kind of two or three different tactics for using Facebook there so that you're not kind of leaving it all in their hands to just spend all of your money and you get no results. Uh, okay. Uh, um, so this is precisely what we saw. And that's why we put like hard limits on some of our stuff. We were like, okay, once we, we have, we set goals before we actually did the campaign, we said, okay, what happens if we get to hundred thousand impressions? What does that look like? What's our conversion rate? And before we were able to even measure we knew we were on target because we jumped to like 200,000 impressions in like four hours. And we're like, okay, we're almost done with it. We don't have any money left. And and it went really quickly, but it was because we didn't necessarily know what, what those caps need to be and just figured out as we go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the most surprising thing about all of this is we actually got some feedback and comments on things that had nothing to do specifically with um, the content of the post. What about the name? And so we, you know, cause people ask like, where's Debbie come from? Right. And the, they're like, well, this kind of looks like devil. You should change the name. This is bad. There's a big Christian community. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Just put your glasses on. This is not, this is not the same thing. And in fact, two of our major markets that we're focusing on is India and Japan. And if you look at Debbie, Debbie, well, it's inside, Debbie on with one eye, that's Indian goddess, right? You, you, you pull, pull through a billion engineers. We've got a lot of partners in India already. And then I, I, if you've ever heard of the Nintendo Wii, I, I is Japanese and it translates to good. So quite literally it's dev good. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. And what, yeah. is, what does we mean? Uh, like the Nintendo Wii? I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, Play good? We are good. Uh, working good. together good. I don't know. What the Game good? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but the, but yeah, so so that was the surprising thing that we actually so we lean into and we've got a persona. Our chat bot is actually her name is Deb because people will spell it wrong and autocorrects. And then um, we were giving her devil ears, so <laughs> devil horns. I love that. I love you guys leaning, leaning into it a little bit. So then my, my next question would be: You guys did that one campaign, had this like amazing success right off the bat, and then did that give you kind of like enough of a base to then say, all right, now we can focus on more communities and like getting into the Reddit develop uh, engineer communities and things like that? Or what's been like the next stage of that growth after you did that first campaign, which really for like was it twelve hundred bucks or something like that? That's a pretty uh, wide. It was only one thousand seven hundred sixty dollars, but who's counting? Who's counting? Who's counting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I love the loaded question, by the way. The answer is yes. Um, the, uh, uh, so what um, I'm a big I'm a big proponent and fan of uh, Discord. And so um, mm -hmm. I found myself just going into the channels of, of some of those who are identified as competitors, as well as some other dev communities and Slack as well. Um, um, Reddit is a great space. So I, I actually listen to some of the channels and I'll respond. I'll answer questions. But um, my goal and the, and the goal for all of our users was or all of our uh, teammates um, and partners was don't don't shamelessly just say Debbie's the answer supply the answer and then say Debbie as an option. That way they can feel that we're not pressuring them to say that this is the answer because I want them to know that we care about giving the right answer. Uh, and then later sharing how we would choose to implement it. So business process mapping, what the process is, fixing it and then implementing later. And so we're getting a lot of success there because we're leaning into and helping solve other people's problems. And it just so mm -hmm. happens that Debbie might be an answer that is usually gonna win out in most of these cases. That's yeah, fascinating. Like I, follow, I follow a lot of like Alex Hermosi content and his basic philosophy is give away the answers for free and then sell the implementation and being value forward first. And like, I feel like I find a lot of people like converge on that takeaway and they have that philosophy, but I just think that's fairly profound. And um, especially like the, going into Slack communities of competitors, like you're definitely walking on thin ice there. So that's, that's a wow. fun idea as well. Thank you. It's fun. Uh, what were you going to say? Get, Sorry, Keita might have suggested that uh, earlier today to me, but that's a, another conversation. <laughs> I was suggesting, uh, or I, I was thinking that it's interesting is like, it's the same, it's the same thing with content marketing, right? Like that's the fundamentals of it is that you're supposed to provide value with your content. And yes, people will come to read your content. That's not necessarily advertising your services, but you're providing them with the unique insight, something they couldn't get anywhere else. Something that helps them do their job better on a daily basis. And you provide those things. And then it's like, oh, by the way, where did this come from? Oh, you know, it came from Bloom Ghost Studios, like, or whatever that might be. And I, it's it's the same thing, like you were saying with the devs, it established that trust upfront, make sure you're giving some value, you know, where it's a positive exchange, not just asking and trying to take, take, take. Um, it's, oh. it's, a, I mean, it's such a human thing. And again, it's so fundamental. And yet I think a lot of folks really miss that with their content marketing as well. Oh my God. I love this. This, so I actually just had this conversation an hour ago with a good friend. Um, we were talking about this, um, um, upscaling, um, um, employees, right. Cause you got a workforce shortage, but, um, basically being able to turn sales associates into sales engineers. And this is a part of that process being able to say, how do we, and what we talk about here in the Midwest, um, is this give first mentality. So the Fargo entrepreneur community, especially in the North Dakota entrepreneur community is really this give first. There is, it's not a status quo. It's not a quid pro quo. It's a, it's a, hey, I'm going to help you. I feel that this is the person that you need to meet, help them shake hands and walk away. And if they decide to respond, you know, we hope that'll come back. You know, it's just like, a, a, what do you call it? Um, it's a numbers game, like with investment world, same thing here. Some of it comes back and you establish good, useful relationships. You have been useful without asking for something and not expecting eventually that, that uh, you can ask for something. Um, but also, um, I digress a bit, but this also helps, you know, in the times where you do need to ask for help, People drop everything and they will help you. 
because you don't ask for help unless you need it because you've been offering the help. And if we get enough of that, a critical mass, you now have a great sales engineering team that can actually help the industry and their customers move forward faster. Yeah. Is that have you guys have structured out some of your uh, your sales teams so far, or are you the one man sales team right now at Debbie? <laughs> You're looking at them. Yeah. I say we, but me <laughs> and everyone in here <laughs> and all 12 of us, <laughs> but well, there's usually yeah. consensus, right guys? Right. <laughs> usually, usually. Um, but anyway, Anthony, thank you again for the time today. We would like to, to wrap up now and, you know, tell us, you know, what kind of people you're looking for, um, and what you're looking to provide for them. Yeah. Uh, for Debbie specifically, um, what I'm looking for is engineering teams and those who are either spinning up um, a new project. So they've, you know, a brand new piece of software. They're going to be upgrading the software, moving from like a monolithic app to microservices. They're going to be working with a lot of SQL databases, things like that. Um, and they know that a big uh, lift is going to be building APIs or refreshing them, or they need to enhance an API that may have been several years out of date, Debbie comes in and in a second can actually not in lieu of, but in addition to um, spin up APIs for those databases if they exist and then create them on the fly if they don't. Um, and so we're looking for engineering teams who basically want to skip that for the first time and not experience burnout, uh, which is, is a common theme uh, in the software industry um, here lately. So yeah, go to Debbie.io um, and uh, reach out to us or sign up for early access and we'll have some fun. Sounds good. We'll put all those in the show notes. But Anthony, this was really fun. Thank you again. Much obliged.